Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode 378, and I am your host, Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, an independent website that covers Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city beautiful. And joining me back in Tallahassee after a whirlwind trip to Orlando to see the Lions play Inter-Miami, my co-host David Rowe is with me. Dave, how you doing? I, I'm good, Michael. Um, you know, the the one positive I'm gonna take out of that, because as as listeners will remember, um, you know, one of the reasons I was going down there was my stepdaughter likes Messi. And even though I refused to buy her an inter Miami Messi jersey, um, I, I thought here's an opportunity, you know, months ago when I got the tickets to, you know, make her one of her young dreams come true. And of course he wasn't there. Um, but the the bright silver lining of that. Is because of that, I didn't have to try very hard to convince her to root for Orlando City. Nice, nice. Yeah, that is so that is good. So I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> but as far as uh, him not getting there, I, I tell you what, I, I'm going to write a little bit about that for our newsletter. Uh, my feelings on it. So if you haven't already signed up for the uh, buy me a coffee and you really want to hear my uh, my thoughts on that whole situation. Go ahead and sign up. I, I promise it'll be worth it. Yeah, our newsletter normally goes out on Monday. We we pushed it to Tuesday this week, hoping we get a little bit of OCB clarity on the OCB playoff situation. As of right now, we're recording on Monday night. I have seen nothing as to what the playoff seating or pairings are. I know what the seedings are. Don't know what the pairings are. So because in a normal league, you would just know who's playing who. In this league, you don't because the top, or the second and third seeds, I think, get to pick whatever seed, they want, whatever they want to play, whoever they want to play in the postseason. It's weird. MLS Next Pro is weird. It's drunk. OCB is drunk. And uh, we will hopefully get that, some clarity on that. Maybe by the time this drops, maybe not. But uh, here we are, David. We're, we're recording this Monday night. I'm tired. I assume you're probably pretty tired. Yep. And I'm really tired especially of the team with the Pepto-Bismol jerseys getting the special treatment from pro referees uh, or CONCACAF referees in previous uh, uh, competitions. 
but it's very real. It is very real. And we'll talk about it a little bit. First, I wanted to say, though, that uh, I believe it. I'm a man of my word. And I said, Dave, I said, I will believe Messi's out of the lineup when I see it. And I have seen it. Therefore, I now believe. Indeed, uh, we we do now believe. And and after, you know, we last spoke on, on the podcast uh, previously, you know, it came out that they may not have put him on the injured list because then he wouldn't be able to play an open cup or some such stupid shenanigans as that. And so that's why blah, blah, blah. What it amounts to is he, he wasn't there. And when I say he wasn't there, I, I don't mean he wasn't in the 18. I mean, he did not make the trip. And, and that's just stayed home to eat one of those sad Argentinian pizzas, I guess. I guess so. But that's, uh, that's incredibly, incredibly lame. That's not a knock on Argentinian pizzas or cuisine in general uh it is a knock on the the that monstrosity that he showed that he was eating on on social media um anyway yeah inter miami came to orlando city kind of the rubber match if you will after orlando city won the opening uh mls game and then inter miami was helped quite a bit in winning it's League's Cup game in my in. I'm sorry, I almost said in Miami in Fort Lauderdale, obviously, obviously. And uh, and this was uh, so one apiece. And you come in here and um, yeah, no Messi, no Jordi Alba, and no Sergio Busquets. So uh, their big three were not in the lineup. They also didn't start Kamal Miller. There were a couple other guys on the bench for this game that started on the bench but came in. Uh, but they did start, of course. Joseph Martinez, the antagonist, and uh, and Leo Campana. And this team has gotten remarkably better under Gerardo Martino since he has become the coach. They're a, a little bit more difficult to break down. They're playing a little more soundly. And um, I thought that they played really well. I thought they played really hard. And they tried to mitigate the talent differential with what they had on the field. They were great strikers. But the rest of the uh, positions on the field, I think you would feel pretty good about Orlando City players starting over their Miami counterparts and many of the other positions on the field um, by turning it into a rock fight and and just grabbing and clutching. And and, and it was apparent early on with all of the fouling. And honestly, I think that Tomas Aviles, uh, Aviles should have been sent off with a second yellow card very early in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. His first... It was his his second foul, but his first really bad one, uh, I believe, was on Angulo, and it was it should have been a yellow card. There was absolutely no doubt that is a yellow card infraction, and the referee in this game, Armando Villarreal, decided to give him a stern talking to. Uh, I don't think we have seen too many tackles like that let go for Orlando City uh, in nine years, and certainly we didn't in this game. So. Uh, he should have already been on a yellow. He wasn't. He got a massive talking to. The next time he grabbed and hogtied a player, he did get his yellow card. Mm-hmm. Then he did it again, and it broke right. up a counterattack. And you've already got your warning. You've already got your yellow card. Pal, you're done. That's three strikes and you're out. And no yellow card. It, it, just like we saw against Miami in Miami when Messi got the uh, got the yellow card and didn't pick up the second yellow card or even a foul call for, you know, throwing a roadblock on Cesar Araujo. So it's it's become obvious that the league 
with its investment in this player and its investment in the success of this team as a result of the investment in that player, is going to give special treatment to this team. So I, I not only brought um, my stepdaughter down, obviously my wife was with me too, but also uh, my best friend who happens to be a Portland Timbers fan. He's been a Portland Timbers fan for years. However, he just so everybody knows, he went ahead, he bought an Orlando City shirt to support the team against Inter Miami when he came down. Um, obviously, he was hoping to also see Messi. Um, but, you know, like I say, a friend of mine, after watching that match and after watching uh, the shenanigans that you're just talking about right now, he was he was completely with us. And we talked after the we talked after the match, and he was just like, you know, yeah, you're you're right. They they were against Orlando City that night, and they were not calling the fouls on inner Miami and you're right as to why, um, you know, we had a good long talk and he was like, yeah, no, you've, he's like, I was, he goes, I, I thought you were right. But after watching it live, it absolutely is the case. Yeah. The, the lack of courage, these referees to do their job properly and to call the game the way the game is supposed to be called is astonishing, but it's, it's not, it's not being hidden. It's not very hard to see. And it, it wasn't just that. I mean, if you look at the final fouls, you see a fairly even 16-11. But let's be honest, Orlando City got hosed on on Wilder Cartagena, dispossessed an opponent early in that game and broke in on goal four on three. And he was three steps away before the whistle blew. And it was a clean tackle. It was an absolutely clean tackle. Gaston Gonzalez yep. had one late in the second half. Again, it would have started a break. Can't have that. Can't have Orlando getting a potential chance to win the game. Got to blow that dead and bring it back and give the other team a free kick. Um, those two were the ones that I, I I thought live looked clean. I thought on the replay looked clean. There's another one that I thought looked clean live, but I didn't get a chance to see the replay. Maybe you can uh, illuminate me if you have had the opportunity, but the the yellow card foul on Rodrigo Schlegel, I felt like he won the ball cleanly in the air and then Campana ran into him. And I was surprised that the whistle blew. Schlegel looked surprised that the whistle blew. And not only the a free kick was given in a pretty dangerous spot, but also Schlegel was shown a yellow card. Now, maybe I missed something because, again, I didn't see the replay. So there might have been something in that that I just didn't catch on first watch. I'm willing to admit that that's a possibility. Um, I may have missed it, but. To me, looking at it live, I was pretty surprised that the whistle blew. I agree with your live assessment. I did not have a chance to watch it a replay either as I was driving today. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm open to it having been a foul. You know, if we go back and watch and we see it is mm-hmm. okay. Why? Because we're fair. We, you know, we prefer the truth um, in how we report and how we podcast. And so if he, if he fouled him, okay, it's a foul. But if you didn't, then it's just another example of what the refs were doing to make sure that Miami at least got a point for the outside chance that they can make the playoffs. And that's what I think it was about. Uh, also, David Ruiz in this game had a horror tackle from behind on Mauricio Pereira, one that Oscar Pereja called insane. He called it an insane challenge after the game. Should have been I agree with him. It was a clear red card foul a hundred times out of a hundred, and he got a yellow card. So again, referees will not send Miami players off. They just will not do it. I mean, and and the, the sheer number. And look, 
some of these fouls, I'm, I'm not opposed to professional fouls. Okay. If you do them and you, you do a professional foul and you've had a talking to, and then you get a red, yellow, but then you do it again and it's, it's persistent. Then yeah, you need to get another yellow. You need to be sent off and you're right. They just weren't doing it. And it was, it was team wide. It, it was, it was a street fight. And it was a one-sided street fight because Orlando city kept trying, you know, mostly to play it clean because they are trying to actually use some skill, get in, score a goal, not just keep Miami from doing so. Yeah. The, the fouls that you saw on Orlando were typical fouls. A guy's late, a guy gets his arm up or whatever, uh, maybe goes in a little hard from behind that kind of thing. Not, you know, no, there was none of this grabbing the arm and yanking them around. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of the the tactical fouls. There wasn't a need to do with the tactical fouls. Orlando was um trying to possess the ball, trying to um work the ball up the field. Miami was trying to hit on the counter. Okay. Whatever. It it's it was a it was a good hard fought contest and I, I again, I do think Miami played well when they were on the field and and when they were playing the game. I thought they played hard and they played well and they gave Orlando Everything they have, that's what you would expect from a, t- a desperate team, especially a team that knows these guys on the field know everybody's going to be like scrutinizing them because their stars aren't out there. A lot of times that does help a team elevate their game. I think it de- definitely helped in this, and I think Drake Callender saved their bacon a few times, but and you could say that about Pedro Galese as well. I also think that they scored their goal off a foul that wasn't called on, uh, that Facundo Torres got knocked down from behind, and I I, I failed to see on the replay how he got the ball cleanly uh, in that instance, but uh, it was let go. They scored on the resulting uh, transition attack and they and made it one nil in the early second half after a pretty uh, uneventful first half in terms of scoring chances. There weren't a lot of scoring chances for either side, but uh, the, the couple of good chances for Orlando, obviously the the one we all, Remember is the the Duncan McGuire one where he shot it just basically right at calendar, which is also where he shot his goal. His goal went right through calendar's legs. So um, Duncan's still not quite back to where he was in terms of uh, being on, being in form, but he's getting there. He's, he's hitting the ball hard. He's doing well. There was a couple of opportunities to, to deflect the ball that was rocketed through the, the area that he wasn't able to get onto. I think, um, Give him another game or two. He's he's getting a foot on that, and he's also putting the ball in the corner of the net rather than right down the middle. Agreed. And and I mentioned this uh, last podcast that it, it, you know, as much as we've missed him, you know, we also talked about the uh, you know the the rookie hitting the rookie wall, and you know maybe he was getting tired. Well, he got a rest, even if it's because he was hurt. He got a rest, and that may end up helping Orlando city because he did get that rest time. And so he can come back. And once he gets back into forum, like you said, probably another match or two. Now you've got a rejuvenated Duncan McGuire heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Another area that where I thought it was definitely not called the same at both ends was on set pieces. A couple early set pieces for Orlando. They get whistled for an offensive foul and you're looking down there going where, well, there's nobody on the ground laying there writhing around in pain. Yep. Um, and then on the other end of the field, a uh, great chance for Miami because uh, Leonardo Campana, two-handed shove on Wilter Cartagena, puts him in the ground and heads the ball on target. Uh, Galese has to make a fantastic save there or it's going to count because, again, not called the same way. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, blatantly so. And if, if, you know, you dear listeners, you probably agree with us, but let's say you're somebody else who's, you know, not Orlando city supporter. Then you're thinking, oh, well, these guys are just two homers. It's going to happen to your team. If you play in Miami and your club is in between Miami and success, which is success for the league and success for Apple TV and Adidas, then it will happen to you. Yeah. Just will. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you, if you have the gall to actually try to beat them, ask us, ask FC Cincinnati. Yeah. It's uh, it's not been good. It's not been good so far. It's this has been bad for the league. It may be good financially for the league. It may be good financially for Apple. It's uh, it's not good for the competitive balance. And that's kind of why we that's why I am gravitated towards sports. I want to see the drama of seeing my team go out there and compete on a level playing field. And that's been one of the greatest things about MLS is, you know, we can bemoan the single entity thing and all that. But there is greater parity in MLS than there is in other leagues throughout the world. There just is because of, because of those mechanisms, it has created some parity. This is messing with that. Yeah. Every, the only, the only with the only league that's has more parity is the NWSL. Yes, correct. (laughs) All right. So uh, yeah, uh, early in the second half, uh, Miami breaks the score, uh, break the scoreless deadlock with the, uh, the goal. Maybe it wasn't a foul. I thought it looked like a foul to me when uh, Torres was taken down from behind, but it wasn't a good decision to give him the ball in that situation when he was not really open. Right. So, you know, you live with the mistake you get, you know, you give it up. It's one, nothing. Uh, Duncan McGuire ties it up. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting too. the halftime change that Oscar Pereja made was very interesting, bringing on Martino Heda and taking off Cesar Araujo and dropping Pereira into the defensive midfield, the central midfield, because he wanted to, uh, to get another string puller in there. And uh, Cesar does a lot of things well, but he doesn't, connect the lines as well as uh, as you would maybe like and um oscar admitted after the game that was a mis- that was a risky move that could have backfired and and he did point to the goal as something that happened that, that could have maybe been prevented if cesar had been in there mm-hmm. but uh, at the same time he felt that it was important to go for the win he felt that that gave them a chance to win and i think it did to some extent unlock some things offensively for Orlando City. Ojeda looked good again, I thought. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that Orlando City scored was because Ojeda uh, got the ball, tried to cut in and, and shoot with his left foot. It was knocked aside by a defender, but right into the path of Duncan McGuire, who smashed it through the legs of Drake Calendar and made it 1-1. Fantastic goal for the rookie. You gotta love a Meg goal. Nothing like a nutmeg goal. Duncan got it. Uh, and it, it's good to see him score. Cause like you said, he's coming back from the injury um, and nothing will, nothing will help that along better than him actually getting, getting the goal, no matter how it comes. Yeah. Because then it's okay. Yes. I, I, I remember how to do this and then it'll, it'll flow from there. Confidence is very important in, in professional soccer. I mean, especially with strikers. All you have to do is look at Inter Miami and how they're playing now. They weren't the same group of people that were playing out there the other night. They were out there in the first meeting and they weren't very good. No, no, it's yeah, it's it's been, you know, look, uh, they've they've definitely improved, and obviously the 
the ridiculous amount of DP level players that are not on DB contracts coming in, uh, <laughs> it's going to help on that. But, uh, you know, there you have it. So, uh, yeah, the, the one other play that I really wanted to point out is, um, just an unbelievable ball from Dagger Dan Thorlson, uh, that sent in Angulo and all he had to do was finish all yep. the man had to do was finish. And he tried to sort of, um, go with like sort of a little bit of an off speed pitch toward the near post to full calendar. Maybe that's him being um, intimidated by a good goalkeeper. I don't know. Maybe it's just a lack of confidence. It would have worked had he put it on target, but my God, Yvonne put it on target, man. Look, I, I would have been happier if he had simply hit it cleanly and calendar made a save because at least, at least he would have, if he had connected solidly with it, and and here's the thing: if he connects solidly with it and it's got better pace than whatever little thing he tried to do, um, then maybe it goes maybe it goes through anyway. Duncan's did, yeah. Or maybe you get a, re- a favorable rebound, yeah, and, and can get the put back like like Miami did. Uh, that came off a save. Pedro Glaser made a great save on Joseph Martinez, and uh, and just Santos wasn't able to. He was already trapped on the wrong side of Ruiz, so he wasn't able to affect the play, and Ruiz got the tap in. Um, very interesting. I, uh, I I looked at the expected goals after the game, which I always do because it's funny to me because I think expected goals is the biggest bunch of hogwash there is in soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruiz's goal, uh, Ru- I'm sorry, Ruiz's expected goals was lower than Ivan Angulo's. Ruiz had an empty net to shoot at. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, what, five feet in front of the net. It was yeah. like, it was literally harder for him to miss the net than hit it. Uh, I, I realize Angulo had more shots, but um, nothing really dangerous except for that one opportunity that Dagger Dan set up. And I want let's talk about Dagger Dan and Rodrigo for a minute. We talked about how they were not very good recently. I thought both of them very were very improved in this game. Now, I will say that Schlegel still lost his man on multiple set pieces, and that's got to stop. Yes. He absolutely has to stop that. Um, Rodri has not been terrible on set pieces in the past. This is a new thing, and I don't know what teams are have found, but he hasn't adjusted to it yet. So he needs to figure that out. So uh, anyway, nobody was able to find a winner in this game. Uh, Orlando went for it through some offensive players on the field, just couldn't really get anything clean down the stretch. It looked like Miami was pretty happy to get that point and get out of town. Uh, and maybe to hit on the counter if they had an opportunity. So um, in the end, it's 1-1. The team split the points. Orlando goes to 51, tying the team high for, for points in a season, which is good. A few games left to beat that, so that'd be nice to do, get a nice new record. That would be fine. Uh, the team uh, stays in second place in the Eastern Conference for now, so uh, a few games left to go, sitting in a pretty good spot. Um, it's It's never... It's never good to tie. I'd never like a draw, but um, when your team scores last, it doesn't feel as bad as when your team scores and gets the lead and then gives up the goal last. Correct. Yes. I mean, if you're, if you're going to draw, be the one that, uh, you know, evens it up rather than the one that allows the, allows the team to even the other team to even it up. So um, uh, amazingly, if you'll remember, you actually called, that it was going to be if if Messi wasn't there, it was going to be a one-one draw, and if he was, it was going to be a three-one loss. And 
He wasn't there. One, one draw. You were correct, sir. Thank you for reminding me that I actually forgot what I had predicted. <laughs> yeah, uh, I predicted what was your a 2 prediction, one, Dave? You were 2 one win, which it should have been yeah. if Angulo had hit that ball better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or maybe if, if Duncan had hit that first one better. Yep. Um, or maybe if the myriad of other things hadn't happened, like uh, the whistle blowing while the ball was in the air uh, during Orlando City free kicks for reasons uh, that or, I still or- trying to figure out. Or if Orlando City had been up a man like they should have been. Yeah, and potentially up two. Right. Um, and, and, you know, Martino was smart because he got Avilas off the field at halftime and replaced yep. him, knowing that at some point, if he keeps doing that, he is going to get that second yellow card. Correct. Yeah, they can only, I mean, they, they pushed that non-yellow as far as they could. And the next one if it was as blatant as the rest, was going to be a sending off. Indeed. All right, uh, Dave, let us look at our player of the match, make a selection. I have a very clear idea who the player of the match was. In the first half, he was the best player on the field for uh, of any team by far, but I'm going to hold my, uh, hold my player of the match till I hear yours. Um, obviously, you know, Galassi had a, a good match and, um, you know, I think Ojeda did some nice things, but for me, I'm going to go with Robin Janssen, um, having to deal with Campana and, um, doing all the usual Janssen, uh, uh, Janssen things. Um, he gets my player of the match. That's who I was talking about. He was a freaking beast in that, in that game, especially the first half. Miami got nothing trying to play the ball long to Campana and Martinez. Janssen sniffed it out every single time, won a bunch of aerial balls, was was very crafty in cutting in front of them at the right time and taking the ball away. He played a very aggressive game. But we don't normally see him play that aggressively, but that was the game plan. And he, I thought he I thought it worked to perfection. I thought that anytime they tried to go to his side, it he just erased it. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was, he was fantastic. Um, like I said, obvious man of the match, uh, and that was despite, you know, Pedro doing, I mean, even on the goal that they scored, I mean, he made the initial save. There was no way he was getting the put back. Um, and he had some other good saves. Uh, like we mentioned, and Ojeda came on. I think Ojeda had a pretty decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, Duncan you know, scored the goal. Duncan and scored the goal. Right. I mean, thoughts. Yeah, there's, 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 uh, there were, there was other good plays and other good players, but, uh, Janssen, Janssen takes the cake. Yeah. So we are unanimous. Janssen is our man of the match here on the mainland podcast. Uh, but that is not, that was not reflected in team of the match day, Dave, as the, uh, folks at MLS, uh, have put, have not put Janssen on their team of the match day. They did put Pedro Galese as the starting goalkeeper on team of the match day. So congratulations to El Pulpo uh, and a deserved honor. I thought he played very well. He, he mm. maybe could have controlled the rebound a little better on that shot from Martinez, but it had a lot on it. So it's a, it's a little bit uh, picky to, to criticize him for that. Uh, otherwise fantastic game and, and made a couple of saves that really kept his team from, from losing at home to that, whatever that side was in the Pepto-Bismol uniforms. Well, we know that Janssen had no chance of being on Team of the Week no matter what he did unless he scores a goal because there's no such thing as an Orlando City defender on Team of the Week without scoring a goal. That's true. Uh, and I want to shout out to the supporters because I thought that was that was one of my favorite TIFOs that we've seen through the years so far. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that they pay tribute to the history of Orlando City all the way back to the USL days. And, uh, and I'll obviously honored some of their folks as well. And uh, the big old Florida is purple with the, uh, with the state of Florida dripping purple with the, the lion emblem across it. I thought that was a very inspired multi-piece TIFO. So uh, kudos to the Ruckus and Iron Lion Firm folks. Absolutely. Um, I was ready with my camera phone to make sure that I got a snap of it because I had a feeling it was going to be a good one. And indeed it was. All right, Dave. Well, of course, uh, we've got two shows this week, so we will we will get into Orlando City against CF Montreal in our second show this week. We will uh, preview that and have our our uh, key matchups and our score predictions. Potentially, we'll have a guest to uh, to help us preview that game. It's sometimes difficult to find some folks from some of these other blogs and podcasts, but we'll try to track them down between now and then. Uh, we will have some OCB to talk about. OCB played on decision day on Sunday earlier in the day. Uh, so we've got uh, the Young Lions to discuss, and we've got our mailbag box still to get to. We're going to get to all of that right after this. And we are back, Dave. And you drove all the way home four hours, maybe more today, just. To get to the mailbag box, didn't you? I did. And it's because I love the mailbag box. And you know that that's true because as promised, I did indeed wear uh, the mailbag box. I love the mailbag box t-shirt um, under my kit. And uh, when I went out into the concourse area, I would I would take uh, the jersey off in, in hopes that somebody would see. Alas, this time nobody did. But there were a lot of um, uh, a lot of plastic people walking around. So it's kind of weird. It's like being in a Doctor Who episode. Just yeah, our Sean Rollins. Uh, our Sean Rollins said that he he only saw two Miami jerseys all night that didn't say Messi on the back of them. I technically saw three, but two of the people were together, and they said that they were actually related to Campana, and that's why they had the. And then I saw one other kit that was not Messi. Hmm. And as I was walking out of Exploria Stadium, the there were. There had to have been, I had to pass 10 guys trying to hawk inner Miami messy jerseys to people. And I had the same, I had the same response to every single one of them. Get the heck out of here. <laughs> um, I was surprised. I, I thought there would be more pink in the stands than there was, um, but, you know, just based on the stories about people selling their tickets and how much they could get for them and that kind of thing. I didn't see as many as I thought uh, we would see, but to all of those who sold their tickets for that game and made more than enough money to buy their next season ticket. Good for you because those people came and didn't get to see Messi and they didn't get to see their team win. That's right. And like I said, I I had to find some silver linings because you know, of my stepdaughter's disappointment, but um, I did not overpay for my tickets. And so I was not one of those suckers. Um, Also, I, you know, I think I, I mentioned it to my friend. Uh, I was like, I, I wonder how many of those empty seats are people who uh, bought those tickets that were, uh, quote, Miami fans uh, that didn't show up because they knew Messi wasn't going to be there. Yeah, probably a few. Uh, I would say, too, that I do want to talk about the special uh, arrangements the league made uh, Orlando City jump through um, for this game, even though Messi didn't even end up playing they still used their new protocols for his games. Um, and 
that meant that we, after the game, didn't just get to talk to Oscar Pereja like we normally do, you know, first thing. We had to sit through Gerardo Martino's press conference, which was all in Spanish and no translations whatsoever. Okay. So I'm like sitting there going, you know, blank face. You know, I I have a very rudimentary um, understanding of Spanish, so I'd pick up words here and there and phrases. But, it, you know, it, for me, at my level, it's too fast. I can't follow along, and there's still too many words that I don't know. So it really was just a waste of my time. And then uh, after Martino, they you know took away their ugly backdrop and put up put the Orlando City one up, and then they brought in Oscar, and we got our time with Oscar, which seemed a little shorter, probably because we had to sit through the other one. And uh, and then we didn't get the players the way we normally get them. We had to do a mix zone, which is mix zones are awful. They're mm. they're just awful way to do media. Um, they seem like a good idea. Because, you know, typically in a mixed zone, players will walk through and you talk to the ones you want to talk to. But in this case, it was still kind of the same setup in where they they brought out a couple of guys. And then, uh, but also guys tend to sneak out <laughs> when you have the mix zone. They, they tend to, to skip out and, and not be there. And then also there were a lot of media members that were from South America that were asking Pedro Galese questions about Messi and Argentina and facing Argentina and, and with his national team is none of this is going to help my story. None of this is going to help my game recap. I'm not into this. This sucks. So, um, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the way they did the media after the game. I do salute the, uh, the fine communications team for Orlando city. They do a great job all the time yes. and, uh, and they're very good to us and we respect them quite a bit. And it's unfortunate that they had to do it that way. Uh, I would have just rather had our typical go off to the side room and then bring in a couple of players, uh, you know, typically the players that you would want to talk to every now and then it's like, they're just trying to rotate. So it's not the same guys every week. And, and you get an odd one, like somebody that played 25 minutes in the second half, but didn't really have anything to much, much of effect on the game that happens. I mean, I've been on that side of things, but um, uh, again, nothing but respect for the communications department and, uh, and, and, you know, unfortunately the, the reality is it's a circus and we have to deal with the circus. In fact, when we got to the game, there was popcorn in the press box and I said, Oh, how appropriate. I always have popcorn when the circus comes to town. Nice. Look, <laughs> I also want to, you know, point out the social media and communication teams, uh, for the brilliant, absolutely brilliant trolling that they did during the match or, or like a, a pregame and, and whatnot playing uh don't cry for me argentina while uh zooming in on various people wearing uh <laughs> pink jerseys and saying proud fans since july 2023 was absolutely epic and there were so many other I, there were so many examples of them doing absolutely great things i can't even remember them all that but it was really well done yeah it's hard to hear the sometimes it's hard to hear what music's playing in the press box uh, especially there was a lot of chatter in the press box uh sunday night but i did hear uh them play um i'm a barbie girl in a barbie world wrapped yep. in plastic yeah <laughs> and uh and that just happened to be after miami came out for warm-ups so i'm sure it was a coincidence Oh, the other one that they did that was so great was they played the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song 
where they were doing the map and they were showing, you know, D, uh, you know, diver pink stadium. And then it zooms out and you see it's in, you know, they outline Fort Lauderdale and then it zooms out again and you see Miami outlined down below it. Um, just, just epic. All of it was so epic. We, we were <laughs> laughing our butts off at it. Yeah. Well done, uh, for the, the home folks. We appreciate that. All right, Dave, let's, uh, let's now turn our attention to the mailbag box. We've already teased it a little bit. Uh, of course, there are multiple ways you can ask us anything here at the mainland podcast. You can literally ask us anything. It, it doesn't have to be soccer related or Orlando city related. Maybe you have problems with your girl. Maybe you have uh, financial trouble. We'll help you with that to the best of our ability, which we're not saying is a lot. We're not, but you know, we're not saying it's little. I mean, if it has to do with, you know, buying a car, I'm quite knowledgeable. Yeah. You so. could, you could ask, uh, you could ask questions. I look, if you got a, if you got an auto purchase coming up, this is, you cannot turn down an, a mailbag box opportunity to ask Dave what they should be looking out for. Yeah. I mean, I, I helped Michael on his last car purchase. He sure did. And I appreciate that. All right. So uh, those ways that you can ask us anything are as follows. One, you can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. Make sure it's it's M-A-N-E like a lion's mane, not M-A-I-N. So the mainland at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, uh, a uh, an application that we refuse to call by its new apparent name, uh, which is only one letter. It is Twitter and will we'll forever be Twitter. And uh, we will not let a billionaire bully us into calling it anything else. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at the mainland on Twitter at us, please. And use the hashtag ask TMLPC, or you can fill out the form on the mainland podcast page at the mainland.com. All of those ways will work. You can ask us anything in any of those ways. And if you can think of another way to get your question to us that we haven't thought of, uh, by all means do that. But uh, those are probably less certain to reach us than uh, the ones that I just talked about. So, Dave, I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing in the Gmail for this episode. Maybe there will be for the second show this week. Maybe people are still a little tired, groggy from from being out late on a school night on Sunday, uh, but nothing in the Gmail. How about the Twitters? Anything there? I assume that the uh, same people who did not submit to the website also did not submit to Twitter because there's nothing out there either. And funny enough, you know, you mentioned that uh, single letter thing. If you actually go to the website, it still says up in the URL box, twitter.com. So it certainly does. And that makes it official. That's official. But no, we have no questions for this podcast episode this week. But my hope is that uh, you guys will step it up for the next one. Yeah. Well, that's okay because, you know, the mainland podcast is a lot like a city bus. If you miss this one, you can get the next one. That's right. And it's not too far away. That's right. All right. So get your questions in for next time in those ways that I just described. Another thing we'd love it if you do for us. I mean, it's a it, just as a personal favor or a birthday gift or an early Christmas present. Uh, you could leave us a five star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you mm -hmm. happen to do that on Apple Podcasts, we are very happy to find that easily and read it on the show and uh, and potentially print it in on our on our website uh, to, as a testimonial to the uh, to the podcast now if you don't think we're worth five stars fair play give us however many you think uh, we are worthy of and and if you do that it helps push us up the algorithm more people see us more people can join in the fun absolutely and look 
all we're asking you to do is share. Just share this. Share, subscribe, all the things that every single podcast and video out there tells you to do. Just do it for us. Sharing is caring. I've been told that. So care about us, damn it. Because we care about you. We do. We we love our we love our listeners and our, our readers. That is well well known, well established. Agreed. Speaking of well-established, Dave, OCB already in the playoffs, and uh, they were already established as a postseason team when they took the field on Sunday afternoon in Kissimmee against FC Cincinnati 2. Uh, not one of the teams that has, uh, has lit up MLS Next Pro this year at all. Uh, and OCB had some help because... Jack Lynn and Abdi Salim dressed for this game, Dave. That meant OCB was going for that fifth spot, and uh, Jack Lynn was going for the golden boot. Indeed, he was. And un- you know, unfortunately, uh, the uh, the way things happened, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't ideal, but things did work out for Jack Lynn, and he did score the game's first goal in the 16th minute with a nice header. Uh, from the foot of Wilfredo Rivera and made it 1-0. And uh, that pushed young Jack Lynn into the golden boot lead. It did indeed. And I can't wait to find out if he stayed there. (laughs) Now, FC Cincinnati was dominating this game, but this is like the first team. OCB just wasn't burying chances and was letting the visitors hang around. And unfortunately, that paid off for FC Cincinnati, too, in the 61st minute uh, because Cincinnati tied the game on a goal from Ryan Bilal, uh, made it 1-1 in the 61st minute. And uh, things weren't looking fantastic at that point for the Young Lions, but, uh, you know, they were already in the playoffs, but they they really wanted to get that fifth spot nailed down. The only way to assure them uh, of them staying in fifth was to win the game outright, even a even a draw wouldn't have done it. Maybe a draw with a shootout win would have uh, done it. I, I have to go back and look at all the permutations, but a win would definitely uh, give them fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. And at that point in the 61st minute, that looked like it was in jeopardy. But uh, not to worry because Shaq Muhammad to the rescue just two minutes after Cincinnati tied the game. Shaq Muhammad said, I don't think so. Not so fast, my friend, and scored a goal and made it 2-1 on an assist from Juninho. Young Lions lead. Which, fantastic. You have to love that. I mean, come on now. I mean, look, you got Jacqueline and Shaq Muhammad scoring goals. Good stuff. Yeah, these are first-team players. You want them scoring goals. Yeah, they should be. So, uh, from that point on, no one scored. OCB wins 2-1, Dave. Fifth spot. Hey, fifth spot. Oh, what about Jack Lynn? All right, well, let's talk about Jack Lynn because Jack Lynn got his 19th goal of the year. That's four more than last season, Dave. Not bad, not bad. And uh, he was in the uh, pole position. Unfortunately, uh, some other guys were hot on his tail, including the guy who was tied with him coming into this weekend, and that was... M.D. Myers of New York City FC2. Now, M.D. Myers did not get a goal in the first half of his game against Inter-Miami 2, but he did get a goal in the 53rd minute, and it's because of Inter-Miami 2. 
because it was a penalty kick, which means if there was no penalty, MD Myers doesn't take the penalty kick and score his 19th goal. But there was a penalty, and he scored his 19th goal from the penalty spot. That was the only goal he scored on the night. So those two finished their games with 19 goals apiece. I was going to ask why it was that, um, you know, they got called for the penalty that allowed him, you know, why inner Miami would have gotten called for a penalty because typically they don't get the calls. But then I remembered that that hurts somebody at Orlando city (laughs) and then it all made sense. Yeah, it's funny. Um, But uh, yeah, they didn't, uh, didn't get the, the, the other thing is they had another penalty in that game, but MD Myers didn't take the penalty. Wow. He drew the penalty, but he didn't take the penalty. Wow. Uh, So it was saved. Um, yeah, not, not, uh, that was, that was, I will say that's extremely unselfish. Myers uh, drew the penalty in the 95th minute and then he didn't take it, uh, knowing not, maybe not knowing if Jack Lynn scored, but at least knowing that he had 19 and that 20 would, would definitely help him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I, I doubt we'll ever find out why, but Hey, good news. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was just 19, but the, yeah, uh, the penalty was conceded by Farid Sar Sar of Inter Miami two. Um, that's the one that allowed, uh, MD Myers to score. Uh, his real name's Matt. I don't know why you call him MD. I guess those are his initials. Uh, but yeah, it, he got his 19th and then funnily enough, uh, Farid Sarsar was sent off and uh, in the, in the 95th minute for that foul in the box. So it was a tough night for him. Wow. Yeah, that is rough. He should have been playing for the first team. In my opinion, I agree. All right. right. So the so two guys on 19. So it's pretty much done and dusted. You would think, but again, not so fast, my friend. Oh, do tell. Yeah. So not only does Jack Lynn had the bad luck of ha- having one of his contenders get the benefit of a penalty uh, to go and uh, equalize his 19th goal of the season, but the other one who was kind of not in the race, I mean, he was in the race, but not really highly in the race, was a, a man, a young man by the name of. I just found out Dylan Cerna is playing for the Rapids too. <laughs> <laughs> not, did not know that. Uh, yeah. So the, he, unfortunately um, the Rapids were playing Minnesota United too, and they got out to a one nil lead, but then the young loons came back and took a two, one lead. Mm-hmm. But again, a penalty kick Ugh. and who took the penalty, but Remy Cabral, uh, who was a couple of goals behind those two, scored his 17th goal of the year from the penalty spot in the 71st minute, Dave. Okay. So he's two behind in the 71st minute. He scored in the 89th minute to make it 3-2 to give his team the lead, and to and that was his 18th goal of the season. Okay, still one behind. Dave, he scored in the 93rd minute. Are you kidding me? 93rd minute completes the hat trick. 
I mean, poor Jack. I mean, Jack went out and did his job and did it and scored a legit goal in the run of play and got the lead. And here are these other teams handing handing these guys penalties. And then, you know, something almost never happens is scoring two goals after the 89th minute. And that's what Cabral did to pull it into Dave, a three-way tie for the golden boot. And that's the way the golden boot in MLS Next Pro finished with a three-way tie at the top. Three guys, including Jack Lynn, win the golden boot. No tiebreakers, no nothing like that, which... Uh, once again, I was talking to my friend about that and, you know, he, he was kind of shocked. I said, have you not been paying attention to MLX MLS next pro? They do really weird things. And then I told him about the playoff situation with the teams picking the teams they're going to play and possibly lose to. And then I, you know, mentioned the, uh, you know, shoot out to get a second point. And I was like, how is it any bit of a surprise that this is what they would do and not award it to one guy but give it to all three so i i'm just curious who got the uh who got the the midsole who got the heel and who got the toe yeah uh i was told that it was uh, like an apple slicer you just push it down and it divides it evenly oh okay all right <laughs> but yeah jack lynn uh probably lucky there's not a tiebreaker myers had five assists this year so yeah. if it was an assist tiebreaker jack lynn didn't have any assists so he would not have beaten them uh his uh, opponent there um, and maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know how it would have shook out if they took away penalty goals. I know Jacqueline had a couple penalties this year. Uh, I don't know how many Myers had off the top of my head or Cabral, but if, uh, if you take away penalty kick goals and just go by goals in the run of play, maybe he had a shot there. Uh, maybe it, but here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Jack, Jacqueline still gold to boot winner for MLS next pro. That's in right. 2023. Congratulations to Jacqueline, a, a much deserved uh accolade for him nice uh nice to have on the resume yeah absolutely and a good season with ocb for the young man and the young lions claim fifth place and we are waiting word where will they play uh they will be on the road for the first game uh, and probably for most of the playoffs as long as they're in but uh we don't know where yet nope because mls next pro everybody yeah pretty much that pretty much just what you described so, yeah. yeah, I, uh, I just wanted to just, I think it's great that, the, you know, OCB had the season that it had, that they're going to the postseason. I'm, uh, I'm very happy for all of those guys. They've, they've worked hard. They've earned it. Uh, they've certainly, some of these guys have been on the team for a few years and have not had any success in the league. So it's nice to see them have some guys like Wilfredo Rivera, Moises Tablante, um, you know, Thomas Williams. Good to see these guys have some uh, Javier Otero, another one. Uh, good to see them getting their reward and going on to the postseason. And good to see Jack Lynn getting rewarded for a, a really good campaign. And in fact, the you know the the young Lions were using him off the bench for a good part of the first section of the season. So it's there's no telling how many goals he could have had if he had been starting then. Yeah, absolutely. And look, not only is it good news for all of those guys and for the club, it's also good news for us because that means more drunk OCB matches. Yeah, at least one more. Yeah. Gotta love that. I would love to see a team pick OCB and get knocked out by OCB. That is my greatest hope uh, heading into the MLS Next Pro playoffs. (laughs) All right, Dave. Anything else uh, we need to discuss before we get on out of here and call it uh, a podcast here on number 378? 
I think we're good. If you want to read my rant, sign up for the uh, buy me a coffee, and then then you will be able to. Yeah, uh, and and you know that's a good policy anyway. I mean, uh, go to buymeacoffee.com/slash/the-mainland and check out our three levels of support. If you support this independent website and podcast, uh, we would very much enjoy having that support, and uh, we will give you extra extra stuff for that support, extra value. Uh, that you can't get anywhere else, including our weekly newsletter. And uh, I did send out an email today, uh, but I will mention it now that if you hadn't yet found it in your mailbox, uh, we we normally send it out on Monday. This week, decided to send it out on Tuesday, see if we can get that OCB information in there, uh, because likely they would be playing this coming weekend, but we just we don't know where yet. <laughs> we wanted to put that in there, so uh, we will we will hold it as long as we can, but it will definitely go out. Uh, sometime Tuesday, it might even be in the evening. We, uh, we just have to wait and see how it goes, but you will get your newsletter as you always do. And we are, we are planning our watch party for the Ted Lasso finale. Uh, so if you want to join mainland staffers and watch the Ted Lasso finale again with us, uh, we'd love to have you along. So, uh, join us, uh, at the buy me a coffee, uh, membership. You can subscribe at any of the three levels. We would love to have you aboard. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's going to do it for episode number 378. We appreciate all of you for listening. Get your questions in for the next show for our Ask Us Anything mailbag box segment. Uh, also, a reminder that you can read our stuff at themainland.com. That's our, our raison d'etre. I don't know if that's pronounced right. Probably not. It's French. I'm not. Um, but we would love to have you read our stuff. That's uh, That's what we have been doing for nine years. And incidentally, Dave, we just passed our ninth birthday. Oh, wow. Yep. The mainland turned nine years old on Saturday, the 23rd. So just a couple of days ago, as we're recording this, uh, we, of course, started as a WordPress site in 2014, an independent free WordPress site. Uh, Then we went to SB Nation for the bulk of our our, uh, existence. And then, of course, the spring uh, SB Nation uh, kicked everybody out so, <laughs> in, in MLS anyway, and uh, we went back to WordPress, but not a free WordPress. We're we're paying for stuff and bells and whistles, and uh, we are enjoying the engagement we're getting at our new site. We love our new site. We think it looks nice, and we think it uh, functions much like our SB Nation site did. So, um, thank you to everybody who has read our blog and listened to our podcast for the last nine years. We very much appreciate it. And frankly, the website, it looks better than it did over at SB Nation. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, I'm not going to argue just, with you. It just does. But a lot of hard work, <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears went into that. So thanks, everybody. I followed Dave on Twitter, not X, on Twitter. Dave's not on X, at least not currently. Maybe yep. he'll be on X later. <laughs> mm, probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to a rave anytime soon, Dave? (laughs) Uh, No, nor do I think I should. I'm a bit long in the tooth for such things. All right. Find Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. You can follow me at Mainland Michael. You can follow the Mainland at the Mainland. It's very simple. Uh, And it's Maine, M-A-N-E, like a lion's mane in all of those situations. Uh, You can also follow our sister podcast, Scope Perp Soccer and Orlando Pride Podcast at Scoperp Soccer on Twitter as well. Uh, like us on Facebook, rate, review, download, share, uh, send to your friends, tweet about us, all those good things. 
uh, all of that helps us. It costs you nothing. So thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back before the end of the week with our next show where we will look ahead to CF Montreal and the uh, penultimate regular season home game for Orlando city this year. Uh, The only thing left for us to do, Dave is uh, to say go city.